If you like the video make sure to like, subscribe, and comment. For more videos like this, what is the scariest, creepiest thing you have seen out there? About 5 years ago on Valentine's Day I was with my fiancé, now wife. We had just finished dinner and it was about 11pm. She lived pretty close to a cemetery and was always talking about how many deer she'd see out there at night and she wanted to show me, so we drive out there. So we pull in and immediately see a huge black object about 30 feet from the car directly in front of us. It was a good 7 feet tall and had this black robe on, Grim Reaper style, moving across the road. I say moving because there wasn't a noticeable step. It wasn't going up and down. It was like floating across the road like it was on a skateboard or something. So we were pretty scared then but we couldn't turn around because the road was pretty narrow, so I drove a little farther until there was a fork I could start heading back, see linked image. So we get back around and it had just made its way across on the shorter road and by the time we saw it again it was just standing in the road looking at us. Right before this we were pretty freaked, but when it was just standing looking at us it was the most scared I've ever been. Our lights were shining right on it and there was nothing in the face. The light wasn't reflecting or anything, just black. It looked at us for about 30 seconds and then just turned and kept going the way it was originally. I gunned it and went as fast as I could out of there. I would have thought I was crazy if my fiancé hadn't been there to see it too. Context: A popular history teacher at my old high school takes a group of kids on a backpacking trip through the national parks in southern Utah northern Arizona every spring, and the year I went, he dropped this story on us at the campfire, while we were camping on Navajo Mountain, where the story takes place. BTW, this teacher is very sensible, well-liked, and equipped with a keen bullshit detector. He assures us that while he doesn't normally believe ghost stories and the like, he's convinced the man who told him this story is for real. The tale, Navajo Mountain, which sits on a reservation in northern Arizona is reputed to be under the patrol of several skinwalker spirits, creatures also known as Native American shapeshifters. Unlike shapeshifter lore attributed to other tribes or locations, the skinwalkers of Navajo Mountain are bloodthirsty beings, whose purpose, it seems, is to protect the cultural relics which can be found at ancient sites around and throughout the mountain. Because the site hosts a plethora of ancient artifacts such as arrowheads, pottery shards and artwork on rock faces, in great abundance, I saw lots of these artifacts when we camped there, and we were strictly warned to touch none of it, the site attracts merchants looking for items to gather and then sell to tourists, it is said that the skinwalkers of Navajo Mountain have taken to killing hikers who disturb the artifacts, and then taken on the shape, or skin of the victim. Here's my teacher's story, which happened about 10 years prior to my class trip in 2001. My teacher traveled to Navajo Mountain on his own to do some hiking and visiting the sites of the rock drawings for his summer vacation. He had been on the mountain a couple of days when a summer storm rolled through, and the lightning got too close to his campsite for comfort. He was only about a mile from his rented car, so he hiked down and headed into the nearby town to wait out the storm and restock on food and water. While he was in town, he took refuge in the local bar, and was approached by a man who he said, had dead eyes. The man sat down near my teacher and looked at him for a minute before asking, doing some camping around here? My teacher looked at him and said that yes, he was spending some time on Navajo Mountain, but was waiting out the storm with a beer. The man nodded, and said, I've seen some crazy shit on that mountain. Intrigued, my teacher asked him what he'd seen, and the man told him his story. The man used to be a roadside merchant, who had a reservation-issued permit to pick up common artifacts from the area such as pottery shards and small stone tools, granted to him due to some Navajo ancestry in his family. The man had two brothers, one older and one younger, who would often comb the mountain for objects they could sell at their stand, to tourists driving through. Once day, the man asked his younger brother to head up to the mountain and see if he could find some artifacts to restock the stand, and told him he would be by in a few hours with the truck, to pick him up. The brother said sure, and set out to hitch a ride to the site. A couple hours later, Business was drying up for the day, so the man set out to find his brother, and see what he had been able to salvage from the mountain. He drove up to the dirt lot and parked his truck, and started calling for his brother. As he wandered up the path, calling out, he heard a voice, snickering. The voice sounded like his little brother, and as he continued up the trail, calling his brother's name with growing unease, the snickering grew to a very deep laugh. According to the man, the laugh froze his blood, as he was certain it sounded like his brother, except that his brother never laughed like that. After about 100 yards, the laughter had grown quite loud. The man described it as humorless and dead. Rounding a rock outcropping, he saw his younger brother standing, about 50 feet up on a cliff, his throat slit and his eyes glowing, staring at him and laughing. When it saw the man, it stopped laughing, turned its head to the sky and howled. 
The man turned and ran as fast as he could, back to his truck. He could hear the creature that used to be his brother in pursuit, and later came to realize he was only saved by the fact that it had been up on a rock face, and had to get down to give the man proper chase. The man made it to his truck, and hightailed it out of the park. Looking in his rearview mirror, the man saw the creature chasing him down the road, pacing the truck about 50 feet back, and running on all fours. The creature never stopped grinning for the entire, short drive to the man's house. The man made it inside and locked the door. Looking out the window to his front yard, the creature sat in the middle of his lawn, grinning at the window and still dripping blood from where his brother's throat had been ripped open. This continued for two days, and the man was unable to leave his house. Occasionally, the creature would laugh its horrible laugh, or howl at the moon. On the third day, the man called the local medicine man for advice. The town's shaman was highly disturbed by this news, and advised the man to stay in his house until the moon started its waning phase. At that point, he advised, the skinwalker should become bored, and return to its patrol at the mountain. The shaman expressed his sympathies for the loss of the man's brother, and assured him he would chant and pray for the spirit to move on. Fortunately, the man had enough food and water to wait the five or so days for the moon to pass its full phase and start to wane. On the second night of waning, the man went to his window and saw that the skinwalker was, indeed, gone. Giddy with relief, the man called the shaman to tell him the good news. The shaman asked the man if he had seen his older brother recently, as nobody in the town had seen him in a few days, and there was no one running the brother's roadside stand. The man said he had not heard from him, but that he was going to head back up and check out the mountain, as he had a sudden feeling of certainty that that is where he would find his older brother. The man got in his truck and headed up to the dirt lot. Upon parking his truck and swinging open the door, he heard a familiar sound, that laughing. Except this time around, it sounded like two voices. This time, he didn't even have to get out of his truck to find what he had come up to the mountain for, his two brothers were standing on top of a rock face, visible from the truck, both grinning at the human that used to be their brother and staring, both dripping blood from their gaping necks. The man jumped in his truck and floored it back to town. He didn't even look in his rear view until he got to the edge of town, and when he checked, nothing was following him, only his memories of his brother's dead laughter. About three years ago I saw something that to this day I cannot explain. A mate and I had been drinking in our local pub. After closing time he invited me back to his place to stay the night. Where I grew up is on the coast and quite rural so it was about a 40 minute walk to his house but only a 20 minute walk if we cut through a wooded area about 70 acres across. It was about 1am but we always crossed the woods at night so even without flashlights we knew our way perfectly. It was summer and pretty warm so about halfway across we stopped in a clearing and shared a joint. The clearing sloped quite steeply down a hill and we were stood at the top edge looking down and out to sea, with the far edge less than about 100 yards away. The view from there is amazing, it was a lovely clear night and it is a place we knew very well but for some reason something did not feel right, neither of us had spoken for about 5 minutes and I felt very uneasy. I sensed he felt the same, but being guys, neither of us was about to admit to feeling scared so we just stood there peering into the trees and smoking in silence. That is when I saw it. A dim shape was moving through the trees on the other side of the clearing. It looked to be about 4 to 5 feet high, it did not seem to have a solid shape and gave off a dim silvery light that cast shadows across the clearing. The best way I can describe it is as a kind of glowing blob. It moved slowly towards us from inside the wood but as it got to the edge of the tress it started to move around the edge of the clearing, all the time casting shadows and weaving in and out of the trees. I watched this, not breathing and frozen to the fucking spot for a good 20 seconds. I glanced over to my mate, and could see he was staring at the thing too, I could even see the shadows this thing was casting move across his face. After about another 10 seconds the thing just stopped, gave up a bright white flash and just fucking shot up into the tree canopy crazy fast and just vanished. The whole thing had lasted about 30 seconds and the only noise was the wind in the trees. We stood in silence for another minute until I tugged on my mate's sleeve gesturing for us to move on. We carried on our journey in silence not speaking a word to each other. I think neither of us wanted to acknowledge what we saw while still in the dark wood. We crept on, I was shitting my fucking pants, constantly listening and looking all around me. I had no idea what I had just seen, where it had gone or even if I had really seen it. After a tense and silent 10 minute walk we had reached the other side and as soon as we were back on the well lit road we looked at each other's pale faces and tried to figure out what the f*** had just seen. My mate told me he had seen exactly the same thing but had not been able to tell if I had seen it too. Both of us had felt horribly uncomfortable the second we arrived in the clearing, a place we had been hundreds of times before and never felt anything out of the ordinary. We did not sleep that night. 
We set up trying to explain what we had seen. To this day neither us can even guess what it was we saw and I no longer cut through the woods at night. Kind of a wall of text story, but definitely worth it because even 8 years later I still get goosebumps thinking about it. I worked in a summer camp in the US one time. It was a big thing to start off my round the world trip, and being all of 19 at the time, I was super excited to see how a real life American summer camp lived up to my expectations from all the films I'd seen. The camp was in the southeast and really gorgeous. We were surrounded by dense woods and amazing bluffs and cliffs. The closest town was 20 miles and there was nothing but trees and canyons surrounding the camp and its lake. There were four sessions in the season, each going for between two to three weeks. We, as counselors, would get one night off a week, and two days off between sessions. On scheduled nights off we'd either chill in the staff lounge and watch movies, or hang in our designated cabin upstairs from the kids and read slash listen to music, whatever. So one night, towards the end of the camp when everyone's in a groove and comfy, after everyone's turned in and sleeping soundly, I woke up at something like 1am. It was one of those times where you wake up and you instantly know something's up. My heart was immediately racing and for no apparent reason, so I lay there quietly, listening intently. That's when I heard it, a very muted cry for help, coming from outside my window towards the woods. The whole cabin was wooden, with fly screen windows, so even among the sound of crickets and other night noises, I could easily tell it was the cry of a young girl somewhere out in the woods. I got up quickly, awoke the counselor I shared quarters with and told him to listen. Once we both heard the cry again, we got outside with our flashlights and headed for the sound. It was intermittent, but you could hear her saying help or I'm lost quite regularly, and quite a way into the woods. She was clearly distressed, so the quicker we found her and got her back safely, the better for everyone. Meanwhile, we're both shitting ourselves because it's dark as hell, we have puny flashlights and she's out there somewhere with no way of seeing slash navigating, as we both cross a small playing field where the kids used to play football slash baseball and stuff, we ran into a female counselor. She heard the cries while on a night walk around from her side of camp, boys and girls were at opposite areas, and was investigating too, shit just felt real. We form a line of three and head into the woods with our torches calling out for the girl. She was in more than we would want, but not too far that we didn't feel we'd take long to recover her. We were in about five minutes into the woods, calling out and hearing her responses, when we heard her sniffling and crying so we knew we were close. We'd found her. She was only 20 feet away and we could hear her saying I'm scared, where am I? In a low voice. We kept reassuring her and just when we felt we were going to stumble upon her, she went stone silent. We called out where are you? Call out. We're here honey. But nothing. Then, in the distance, help me. I'm lost. Come quick. So again, we started toward her calling out. When we felt that we were almost on top of her again, she went silent. We called. We waited. Nothing. Then, from farther away still, help. Can't you guys help me? We all chatted and agreed. This, we're gonna get lost in here. We have to go back to main camp and assemble everyone for a search. We called out to her that we were going to get help and come back with everyone, and for her to sit tight cause we'll be back soon. We could still get faint whimpers and crying sounds from her, so we told her to stay where she was, we'll be back. We all sprinted back to camp, rang the big bell at the main office, reserved for emergencies only, and the whole camp was put on alert. The camp heads put on all the floodlights and we all met in the quad for a roll call slash head count. All the counselors were present, all the campers and kids were present. Absolutely every single person that was meant to be at that camp, was checked off and present. With that all confirmed, we still had a question about the little girl. We had come back from the woods the same way we went in, and rang the bell and assembled everyone for inspection. In that time, we all know that no little girl without a flashlight had retraced the steps back to the camp, she was a good 15 minutes into the woods with no light, and we had a hard enough time as it was. All accounted for, everyone went back to their cabins and back to bed. The heads felt it was a false alarm and that what we'd heard were echoes of our own voices etc. We all knew that was bullshit, but we couldn't rock the boat. It was creepy as hell the way the voice kept leading us into the woods further and further, and while everyone had their versions of camp ghost stories, this was by far the creepiest, real scary thing I and the other two had ever had happened. We chatted about it towards the end of the session, and both myself and the female counselor were confident it was something paranormal and we both couldn't explain it. The male counselor I went with refused it defiantly, and whenever we brought it up about being a ghost slash creepy story he would say it was just voices echoing and that it didn't really happen. Every time he defended it, I could see in his eyes that he was shit scared, and probably just wanted to convince himself it didn't happen. Went camping once alone. First time I had tried this and I went to a familiar spot. 
I know it is dumb, but I notified some people of where I would be ahead of time, I brought my camera with me so I could take landscapes and other artsy bullshit. Whatever, the trip is going great and I decide to make camp. I go to bed pretty much as the sun went down. I was on the shore of a lake, so I kept my camera in my tent so I could take some nice shots as the sun rises over the lake. It should be noted that in my camera. There is no flash, it is a bare bones fully manual film camera. I wake up as the sun rises and take some good shots. The trip is pretty uneventful and I pack up and head home. A few weeks later I develop the film in my darkroom. As I squeegee off the film I notice a weird sequence of frames right before the shots I took in the morning. It is color negative film so it is a little difficult to actually see what the picture is. They were a little blurry too, but it looks like it was someone's face. I dry the film off with the other rolls and proceed to make some contact sheets. A page that shows me each photo on the roll, just printed the size of the negative. I pull the sheet out of the machine and immediately drop it. The pictures were of me. Sleeping in my tent. My hands are shaking and I pick the page back up. The final image in the sequence was just a blurry mess. But I could make out a wide smile, and a knife being held over me. I burned those negatives and the one existing contact sheet. I have never been back to that area, and will never return. When I was a kid, my brother, my sister, my cousin and I got lost in the woods one summer. Really lost. My brother insisted on taking this trail that wasn't marked on the map and it didn't work out so well for us. We had to stay overnight in a heavily forested, deep gorge. We built a huge fire and huddled in a circle around it. The darkness was something I'd only read about in books. There was the light that the fire made, and past that tiny sphere of light about three feet out from the fire, it was pitch black. You could put your hand out and sink it into the blackness and it would just vanish like you were putting your hand into black water. It was terrifying. And then there were the eyes reflecting the light of the fire in the darkness. A lot of eyes that glowed green and yellow. Eyes at every conceivable level, on the ground, in the bushes, at head level, up in the trees. We're talking tens of pairs of eyes, small eyes and big eyes. We were being watched all around by a multitude of unknown animals out there in the pitch black. At one point all the eyes just vanished and a minute or two after there was a crashing thudding sound in the underbrush. And then there were big orange red eyes staring at us. They winked out on one side and appeared on another side, so close that I'm convinced that if we reached out into that blackness we would have touched that animal. There was a low growling and heavy huffing noise. The eyes were fairly close to the ground at one point, but another time they were very high up, maybe seven or so feet. It circled us for at least 40 minutes but it felt like hours. Then those eyes went away and about a half hour later all the other eyes came back. I can't describe how scary it was. I understand why ancient peoples were so afraid of the dark. We somehow all managed to fall asleep in front of that fire and woke up in the morning to the embers of the fire slowly dying in front of us. We later found tracks in the mud of the nearby stream that looked like these. Needless to say, my brother never chose the trail we hiked from then on. Actually, I don't think I ever went hiking with him ever again. So I'm from small country in Central Europe. Loads of people have probably never heard of it. It combines small patch of Adriatic Sea and Alps, but landscape is mostly small green hills, each with a little church on top. Almost two-thirds of land is covered with forests and capital is famous for its middle-age architecture. It is an adorable country in which most of the time nothing really happens. Like most of the population I live in the countryside, few hundred meters apart from closest neighbor, right next to the forest. I spend most of my childhood in that forest. I can still remember which the best trees for climbing were and where certain flowers grew. But the thing I will never forget happened in the summer of 2001. I was just around 12 back then and I was spending my whole afternoons in the forest. Most of the times I was roaming around with my best friend, but that day I was alone. As I said before, most of the land around here isn't flat. The hill behind our house is quite steep, right above our house is old orchard my great-granddad planted and when you come on the top of the hill you can almost see the capital city in the distance. Then there is big forest that extends across the karst landscape practically right to the Italian border with a few smaller towns and villages in between. I never really went very far because I mostly stayed in the area my family owned, but that day I decided I want to see some more. I didn't have much with me and I didn't tell my parents I was going anywhere far. I always felt very safe in the woods even though bears were often seen in the area. In reality the most dangerous thing you can bump into are drunken hunters. Forest is pretty in the summer, leaves and tall trunks made me feel like I'm in a big cathedral. I started to sing a tune I have heard on the radio some time ago. At that point I was about hour and a half walking distance away from home. 
I decided to stray away from the main road that leads through the forest in big curves and to take the shortcut. Sun was setting and light was making leaves glowing in sharp colors. But soon all the light disappeared and I find myself wandering in the twilight on territory unknown to me. Wind was blowing and dry branches were making weird noises. I started to feel uncomfortable. And in one sheer moment I discovered I am lost. I could feel the panic in form of adrenaline that started to flow through my veins. My instincts were screaming to run away, but I forced myself to focus and tried to get orientation. It was all pointless, I had no idea where I was. I started to walk around aimlessly, hoping to at least find the road. Suddenly I saw a small figure standing far off in the distance. From what I saw it could only be a small child, with a long slender neck, scaly but smooth skin and deep red eyes. I started walking towards it but the figure noticed me and ran away. I chased figure in forest for quite a long time, I never came enough close to actually distinguish any of its features, but it looked like a small girl, no older than I was at the time. In one moment I was running and in the next the floor under me disappeared. I felt that dreadful feeling of falling, similar to one in very bad nightmare when everything feels like slow motion. Then that awful sound of body hitting the floor, a moment later also came the pain. For a moment I motionless lied on the ground, finally I pulled myself together and opened my eyes, waiting for them to adjust the thick darkness in the cave, where I landed. First everything was pitch blackness. And then I saw. There was a single pair of eyes staring at me, for less than a few inches in front of my face. I quickly backed away, until I hit something dry and crumbly. Somewhere in the back, fires were lit. First there was one, and then more and more, until chamber was fully lit. There were thousands and thousands of eyes watching me. Dead eyes in dry sockets, skin that was stretched over the bones, mouths hanging open like in big shock, but that was only because lips rot in the time that passed. I stared, I wasn't able to move or scream. I am not even sure I was able to breath. I blinked, hoping for dreadful image in front of me to disappear. As I opened my eyes all otherwise motionless corpses moved. In the matter of fact, I didn't really see them move, but when I blinked it was like everything got one step closer. I felt cold sweat slipping down my neck and my eyes began to water. I could help myself I blinked again. This time, I was completely surrounded. I simply closed my eyes, wishing for all to be just a bad dream. I didn't hear a single sound, I smiled thinking that soon I will wake up. When I opened my eyes, there was a face, almost touching my face. I could clearly see dried and rotten face, eyes filled with numbness. I started to feel dizzy, I felt something like dust and bones grabbing my hair and tearing my clothes. I felt it and I didn't feel it, because I became so damn dizzy and sick. I tried so hard to stay conscious, to fight, but I couldn't move a single muscle. And then it was again pitch blackness all around me. I opened my eyes, trying to adjust to the lack of light. I was lying on the forest ground, not so far away from home. In that exact moment all my body started to function normally, I ran home like a wind. I had no idea how I got there and I just tried to forget about whole thing, but my peace didn't last very long. Next night I dreamed about people I saw back there. I woke up to the face looking at me from the window. It was the face of a little girl, she was also dead, and her empty eyes watched me with wild anger as she was clawing the window, trying to get in. I am having the same nightmare for the past 12 years. At that time I visited many different therapists. They say it is just stress from school and job, that I should try to relax. But how can I relax, when every night as I open my eyes, a girl is one step closer to me? One night she finally got close enough to mutter just one sentence to me, I'm in need about tree fitty. It was at that moment that I realized this creepy female figure off in the distance was 500 feet tall and from the Paleolithic era. I don't know if this can be classified as paranormal or mysterious but just weird. My boyfriend's mother decided to buy a house in the small town we were living in at the time and we would rent it off of her. This was an old Ukrainian town with several abandoned buildings including an old theater and an old hospital that was apparently haunted. Anyway, we go looking at houses and there is one that a guy used to live in. His parents owned the house and he was quite mentally unstable from what my boyfriend tells me. We go into the house, it's really old. There are affirmations on every door in paint. You are beautiful life is what you make it love unconditionally. The house is moderately well lit but is in totally shambles. My boyfriend, Jack, says he wants to see the downstairs. I'm spooked easily so I didn't go with him. I'm wandering around the house when I hear Jack yell at me that I have to come downstairs and see this. I walk downstairs, the entire basement is dirt, there are piles of dirt all over the place, a shovel in one of them, there are a couple freestanding shelves with jars of lord knows what on it, there is a wooden fence basically that has created a path to the end of the house. This fence is basically just plywood dug into the dirt. 
I walk all the way down the pathway to where Jack is standing and he's pointing into this little room, it has no door but a red sheet hanging from the ceiling and it's been pulled open and nailed to the wall, which is cement by the way, I look into the room and there was just a bed on the floor, a side table with some crumpled up paper on it and a light that was on, was not turned on but was left on, with a red bulb and it was swinging aggressively back and forth. It looked like a place where you would probably keep someone if you abducted them. I started crying, I was so scared. I went back upstairs, walked out of the house and refused to go back inside. That night I have issues falling asleep, ultimately it was not up to me where we moved, it was up to his mother and I was terrified. I am not even remotely spiritual but I went and bought all these candle and rocks and smudge bundles to clear the house of whatever energy had followed me out of there. I finally fall asleep and I am in the house again. I walk into the living room and there is a little girl in the prettiest little red dress reaching her hand out to me. I grab onto it, she pulls me down, I kneel and she says you cannot move into this house, do not move into this house. I woke up, woke Jack up and said this relationship would end before I'd move in that house. True story. My grandmother once lived in an old, three-story house. It was set in the woods and slightly run down. It needed new paint, some of the floorboards would creak and the doorways were no longer straight from where the house had settled over the years. The house itself always gave me a slightly uneasy feeling. However, I have an overactive imagination and at the time of this event I was heavily into my Stephen King horror phase, I was about 10. The third floor of the house contained three bedrooms. One bedroom belonged to my Aunt Beth, who was eight years older than me and wanted very little to do with my brother or myself. Since we stayed at Granny's during the day while Mom and Dad worked, I think it was a jealousy thing. Beth was my mom's youngest sister and the baby of the family, while I was the first grandchild. About three months after they moved into this house, Beth started complaining about noises coming from the walls in her room that kept her up at night. Granny and Papa dismissed her complaints, but when my other aunt who lived there began to echo her concerns, they decided to investigate. I was there when Granny took Beth upstairs and began searching her room, just to prove there was nothing there. The rat traps they'd sat hadn't worked and they owned three cats, so mice were not likely the culprit. Anyway, while moving a big dresser away from the wall, they discovered a piece of plywood nailed to the wall. It wasn't even painted. I should mention the dresser had come with the house, as had a lot of the furniture. Granny, being Granny, immediately took a hammer and crowbar and tore off the plywood. Behind it was a small door. I'm not kidding when I say small. It was about three feet high and narrow. An adult man would have to really squeeze to get in there. The door was locked but Granny got it open anyhow. Inside was a little hallway, very dusty, that opened into a tiny room. I could walk in the hallway if I hunkered over. An adult would have to crawl, and could only sit in the little room. There was a small chair, doll-sized, in that room. Nothing else. The walls had been covered in wallpaper that was now very yellowed with age. Dust and cobwebs everywhere, I sneezed for days after this little adventure. What we finally noticed, and what still haunts me to this day, was the fresh-looking scratches on the walls of the tiny room and the little hallway. NT scratches, really, more like gouges in the wall. These gouges were in groups of three, as if whatever clawed hand responsible had only three fingers. There was no dust in the gouges. They looked fresh. We backtracked out of that little room, not saying a word. Granny nailed the plywood back in place and moved the dresser back against the wall. And that was that. Two night later Beth moved into her sister's room and they kept that room locked until they moved out a year later. The house was eventually abandoned. I went back with a group of my friends in high school to show them the little room, but the stairs were in really bad shape and rotten. The house was torn down not long after. A couple years ago my wife and I were driving home and took a back road that lead us right into the side of town that we live on, just a couple blocks from our house. The back road isn't too secluded, it's just off the highway and there are a couple farms and houses along the way, but it's usually pretty empty. You might see one or two cars passing you every other time you take the road. Overall it was a pretty normal situation, especially weather-wise. I don't remember what season it was or if it was morning, midday, or evening but it was daylight and there were no clouds or fog anywhere in sight. That part I do remember. About midway down the back road I noticed a low cloud that was floating across the road. It's Wisconsin, this isn't that unusual honestly. We got closer and I started to look around for other clouds or fog rolling in. There was nothing, still not that unusual. As I kept getting closer I didn't think anything of it, until I got to the point that I might actually drive through it if I continued. It was at that point that two sets of eyes turned and looked at both me and my wife. Both of us gasped at the same time. 
I made eye contact with whatever it was that was closest to me and slammed on the brakes. As we were stopped in the middle of the road, I realized that it wasn't a low flying cloud, but two living creatures of some sort, resembling fog or a cloud that were walking across the road. They were maybe six or seven foot tall and one was a bit taller than the other. They were actually touching the road and followed the contour of the ground. They did not actual float across, simply looked as if they were. When they hit the shoulder of the road, they went downhill. They didn't float evenly like fog or a cloud would, they actually moved while touching the ground. A good overall description is hard. I honestly have no really good way to explain, but the creatures were cylindrical and stood upright, like a tube standing on the ground vertically. For those of you who have seen Donnie Darko, the weird blobby thing that comes out of people and lead them to where they need to go, imagine that, but standing upright and looking more like a cloud or fog than metallic goo. Something else to note is that there was definitely two creatures, but they were connected. It was as if there was a thinner cloud between them, connecting them together. My best way to describe this is to imagine how an ancient scroll looks if you were to prop it up on its side and you separated the two ends a bit. You have the two ends, which would be the two creatures, and then the paper in the middle, connecting the two. The paper in the middle was thinner and more transparent than the two creatures. This is another reason I believe we saw some sort of living creatures. Right as I slammed on my brakes, after they turned to look at us, the cloud that connected the two creatures seemed to grow and start to hug or grab around the creature further from us and they both sped up to get out of our way. Like a mother grabbing a child to keep them safe or a husband doing the same to his wife, so they could safely cross the road. I don't know what we actually saw, but I definitely saw what I just explained. It was the most surreal experience of my life. I literally felt like I was in a movie and was meeting face to face with a creature from another world for the very first time. I've never been able to find another story similar or anything describing creatures like what we saw. I don't know what it was, but it was absolutely the creepiest experience of my life. Okay, I still get chills when I think about this but here goes. It was a weekend night, a Saturday I think. I was home alone that night since my wife was out of town. So, I had the whole house to myself. I was cleaning up after a quick dinner I made and something outside the window above the sink caught my attention. I saw what appeared to be movement out of the corner of my eye. It startled me and I immediately stopped what I was doing and looked out the window, scanning for anything in the pitch black backyard. After a minute or two of trying to see anything through the dirty window, I cautiously went back to cleaning up. I honestly thought it might have been a big bird or something that flew past the window. No more than a minute or two later, the motion sensor light about my back patio turned on. Now this will only turn on if a large object passes in front of it. A bird will not trigger the light. I instantly grab the closest, largest knife I see and move slowly to the back door. I could still see the light from the motion sensor floodlight bleeding through the closed patio door curtains. I remember thinking at this point about whether I should quickly jerk the curtains completely open or try and peek through a slit. I chose the latter. So, without moving too fast or making a lot of noise I peeked outside and initially I didn't see anything. However, after a moment I noticed something just out of reach of the floodlight. I couldn't completely make it out but the color was grayish and had a curved shape. It was also moving slightly. The movement was almost like a rocking motion. I remember struggling to make sense of what it was. I was going through everything I could think of trying to explain it. I just couldn't make it out, I had never seen anything like it. As I'm standing there, peeking through the curtain at this thing, it stands up. What I was looking at the whole time appeared to have been its back as it was hunched over and squatting down on the ground. Okay. So at this point I'm ready to defend myself. I thought for sure this was some freak in my backyard and he's going to try and break in. Right then, with its back still to me, it slowly turns its head to look back in my direction. When I saw its face, I jumped back from the door in fear while making a not so manly sound. I couldn't believe what I had just seen. The split second I saw its face felt like 10 minutes. It had huge, dark reddish eyes. I mean huge. The eyes were way too big for its face, which was pretty much featureless and expressionless. As I backed away from the door trembling with the knife in my hand, I could now see a shadow through the curtains. This thing had come up to the door and was standing there. This thing was tall. It had to be at least as tall as me, six apostrophe four, and it was still rocking back and forth which very much unnerved me. At this point my heart was beating so hard that I actually thought a heart attack was imminent. I clutched the knife and yelled at the figure. I don't remember exactly what I said but I know it involved some threats and some cussing. Right then, the floodlight cut off. This in itself startled me for a second. I was still holding the knife but had stopped yelling. Everything was silent, except for my heart beating in my ears. 
However, it couldn't have been more than 10 seconds later when the floodlight turned back on. Which made me jump again. When I looked at the door, the shadow was no longer there so I knew whatever it was had moved. I had a feeling it was still out there though. So, I crept up to the door again completely expecting this thing to jump out of the shadows. I peeked through the curtains and into the backyard. I saw nothing in the light and couldn't make out anything beyond that. I remember staring for what seemed like hours, but was only a few minutes until the floodlight timer made the light turn off. After a little while of just standing in my kitchen holding a knife I mustered a little courage and went outside with a flashlight to make sure it was gone. A few sweeps of the flashlight was all I could do before I slammed the door shut and locked it. I still don't know what I saw and honestly don't like thinking about it too much as it just freaks me out. I suppose some would say it was a grey alien, but who knows. All I know is that I don't ever want to see it again, especially in my backyard. My parents when first married used to hop in the car with their three dogs in a tent and drive somewhere and camp a few days. You can camp virtually anywhere in Scotland and it's legal BTW. They wouldn't have a map and would just drive until they found a nice spot. So they came to a country road and a guy in a tractor said you can't go up there. Your car won't make it. I can barely get up in a tractor. My dad takes it as a challenge and battled up this road. Potholes and mud galore but somehow they made it. At the top of the road there was a stream and a meadow. Then at the end of the meadow was a new forest, all the newly planted saplings in neat rows until you hit the old forest about 800 meters away. My dad claimed it was like heaven. This perfect camping spot that they couldn't believe they had found randomly. They got out the car and it was eerily silent. The stream was bubbling away but there was no wind and no birds. My mother said this feels weird but my dad just laughed it off and they started setting up the tent. They set the tent up and realized the dogs, who they used for hunting, had wandered off. They found them stood in a row facing into the new trees with their hackles up growling. There was nothing there. It wasn't an animal or they would have just chased and tried to kill. My dad tried to get them away but every time he got them back to the tent they would slowly stalk their way back to the edge of the trees. It was starting to get dark and the dogs would not stop growling and being really anxious. They had never been like that before and never ignored my dad's commands. They were highly trained hunting dogs so it was weird that they were so frightened and angry that they would ignore him. As it got darker my dad said they couldn't stay. Something was out there and they couldn't see it but the dogs could. They took the tent down, not even putting it away properly, and jumped back in the car. They drove to the nearest village. Found where they were and drove to the nearest family, about an hour away, because they couldn't camp at night even in a different place. They described the place, the road and everything about it and my mother's uncle, who they were staying with, got out the map and asked if that's where they were. My dad checked it out and realized it was. The area was where they had been finding bits of bodies from the Lockerbie bombings which had just happened not that long before my parents accidentally ended up there. The scariest thing to happen to me? This was back in the late 90s, when I was still living in the Philippines. Well, when I was around 4 or 5, my uncle brought me a little porcelain jester doll he had found from a flea market overseas. I forgot what I named him. His face was painted to look like a jester's, with a white face and red streaks of paint running from atop his eyebrows down to his cheeks. I had a strange affinity to the doll and would constantly bring it up to my room because I considered it a pretty toy or something. However, each time that doll entered my room, I would come down with a fever or some other sickness, so my mom told me never to bring it in my room anymore, she's very superstitious. Somehow, the doll kept appearing in my room without anyone bringing it up there, but my mom wouldn't believe me. Who would believe a five-year-old girl, anyway? The last straw was when the doll popped up in my room yet again, and I got a bad case of the measles. My mother ended up burning it and burying it near a mango tree in our yard. Since then, we moved to the US and up to now, I still have no idea if that cursed doll is buried in our old yard. The scariest thing that has happened to me was when I was in high school. Probably grade 10 back in 2007. One weekend I was at my friend's house who lives a block away. To get to his house I go through the park that is in the middle of the block instead of all the way around. That night we were having a big poker game which lasted a very long time. About 3 am my dad calls me saying to come home. I was already out of the game at this time. Anyways, I left his house and headed through the park. As I'm walking I hear a scream that sounds like a little girl. Oddly enough I look at the swing set and see a little girl in a white dress on the swings. At first it didn't seem creepy to me until I realized this girl is alone and it's 3 am. I stop walking and I start staring at this girl on the swings, thinking should I go help her. When suddenly she gets of the swings, turns and faces me and yells. Come push me. This freaked me out. The girl looked to be about 4 years of age. 
I turned and started to walk home when I hear her scream I said come push me. Then this girl starts running toward me. I fucking ran. I got onto my street and hid at the side of my house. Now in the pitch dark I'm crouched at the side of my house and this little girl is on my street. I can see her standing in the middle of the road when she yells. Ready or not here I come. At this point I was about to shit myself when put of nowhere I see another little girl come out of nowhere. Grabs her hand, and they start skipping back to the park. I quickly ran to my door. Unlocked it and went to bed. I haven't gone through the park at night ever again. And now that I drive I don't ever need to. Fuck that park. Fuck it. Anyways I never thought a little girl can scare the shit out me. I work in healthcare IT, so when something goes down at work, I pretty much stay there until it's fixed. I was working late one night last summer. Probably mid to late July. I was there alone, just sitting at my desk fixing whatever was wrong with the system at the time. At the time, this was only my second time there after hours and the first time there past midnight. The building itself is kind of creepy at night. The HVAC system makes all sorts of weird squealing, hissing and banging sounds. You can feel it in the floor. The walls make a cracking sound as the airflow changes. On top of that, the office is located in a somewhat secluded area, so if there was say, a murderer, he or she would probably be able to break into the building without any witnesses at this time of night. You can probably imagine how jumpy I was. Amidst the fucking creepy noises this place makes at night, I hear talking outside my window. Of course, the blinds are down as to not draw attention to the building after hours. I just assumed there were people going for a late night walk or something. But as I listen, the talking just doesn't sound normal to me. It just sounded like noise if that makes any sense. Almost as if it were talking in a foreign language. I remember having to consciously make the choice to look outside, or to turn the lights off and pretend like I wasn't there. Well, being as close as I was to pissing my pants I just sat there and did nothing. But now in addition to the voice which I still cannot understand, it sounds like someone is moving the landscaping rocks just outside the window. So I do the only thing that was logical to me at the moment, which was to turn off the lights and then slowly and carefully peek outside between the blinds. I almost shit myself. A toddler's face was pressed up against the window, staring back at me. What the fuck? I can't move. I don't know if he saw me or not. Not sure if I was really seeing this for real or not, I somehow got the balls to open the blinds up. Keep in mind the lights are still off, so due to the light outside of the office, he probably wasn't able to see inside that well. I just stand there, a few feet away from the window, no idea what I should be doing. Then, just like his mom or dad called his name out or something, he ran away and down into the parking lot. I looked outside but couldn't see him anywhere. Still too scared to go outside, I called 911 and reported having found a possible missing child. Minutes later, my phone rings and it's a restricted number. Thankfully, it's just the police department. They inform me that there have been no reports of missing children and that an officer would be sent out to the area to have a look around, no action on my end was required. While being shook up and whatnot, I decided to just call it a night. It was probably close to 1am now. I drove home, slept and went to work the next morning. Later that day, I checked the news websites for reports of missing children. Nothing. I even checked the 30-day police log online for any signs of child abuse or missing children. Nothing. The kid that I saw that night was completely unaccounted for. I still don't know what the hell I saw that night. This is probably the scariest thing that has ever happened to me. I was walking with my, now ex, boyfriend through the neighborhood and we were talking, enjoying ourselves. It's roughly 11pm and we are 16 years old. Across his street is a park and at the time one basketball court had about 8 people playing, the other next to the swing set and playground is currently empty. We walk past the first basketball court, around to the baseball fields, and then head back walking between the playground and empty basketball court. Now, the only lights in this shine on the basketball court so it's dark where we're walking, especially in the playground area. We're not paying attention and I almost walk into a swing set pole. I laugh it off and swing around the pole and then my blood goes ice cold. A dark figure is slumped over on the swing next to the middle pole. I can't tell what gender it is, but it's wearing dark pants and a jacket and it has long dark hair obscuring its face. Its arms and legs are dangling beneath it, moved only by the wind. It's really thin, with bony legs and arms, and its feet and hands are dragging in the wood chips if the figure stood up it would be very tall. It is completely still, not even the chest is moving. I sprint to the basketball court where people are playing and my boyfriend follows, confused, not having seen the figure. I tell him what happened, and he laughs it off, saying it was probably just some passed out junkie, but neither of us wanted to keep walking and we went back to his house immediately. 
To this day I wonder what it was, if it was alive or not, if it was human or not. Alright, this one might be a doozy for people who don't believe in ghosts or otherworldly things but when I was 5, yes I remember this even though I was so young, in fact it's my earliest memory I can recall, I lived out in the North Carolina boondocks. Way out in the sticks. So I was taking a bath on day and my mother was in the room. The phone rang and she left to go answer it in the other room. It must have been only a few moments later that I noticed there was someone else in the bathroom. I saw it in my peripheral vision and slowly looked over to the corner of the room where the toilet was. There was this person wearing really ragged clothing and he had really dark skin, like almost purplish black and the eyes on this guy. God! They were bright yellow iris with tiny black pupils. He almost looked exactly like Nightcrawler from the X-Men 2 movie. Mind you this is a whole decade before that film came out and at that time I was unfamiliar with the X-Men series at all. But he just stared at me. I was standing up in the bath and I could hear my mom talking on the phone somewhere in the house but me and that thing just were staring at each other. After my mind finally registered a WTF signal I just let out a blood curdling scream in which my mom immediately ran back into the room and I saw her come in and I pointed at the man and as I glanced back over, he was just gone. She never saw anything but she, to this day, believes 100% that I was telling the truth. I've never seen it since thank God. When I was 19 or so, I drove from Toronto to Quebec City to see a friend. It was winter and so I knew snow would be an issue during the drive. I don't like driving on the big highways, so I set a pace that meant I'd drive carefully, and make the drive in two days, just to be safe. As I'm driving along I'm feeling pretty good. It's snowing quite a bit, and it's dark, but I wasn't bothered, I had my music, a full tank of gas and brand new tires on my car. I'm on what I would describe as a long, straight country road, surrounded by farms, when this feeling just comes over me. I know, for a fact, that I am going to die. There is no lead up to this feeling, imminent doom is how I would describe it. I am definitely going to crash my car any second. It's oppressive, I can't catch my breath, I am full on weeping. In the back of my mind, I can hear this high-pitched sound that is very unnerving. I pull my car to the side of the road when I realize that it's coming from me. For about 10 minutes I am pulled over on the side of the road, with my car seat tilted back, lying in the field position, biting my balled up fists, weeping and attempting to strangle a scream that won't stop coming out of me. Then it stopped, I was fine, if shaken, and I collected myself. I had to wrap my hand in a t-shirt because I'd bitten it so hard I'd broken the skin. I found the nearest motel and had trouble checking in because I'd blown my voice out during the event. I had never experienced that before, nor have I experienced it since. I was calm and relaxed. I was not stressed out about anything, and was looking forward to the visit. When I made it to my friend's house, I told her about what had happened, but perhaps not about the depth of terror I'd felt. She suggested, as a lark, that we check local papers or something like that to see if anyone had died on that stretch of road. I am a total skeptic but I declined the offer just because I totally didn't want to know. You can bet I chose a different route for my return trip though. I have a creepy story to tell you guys. From the ages of about 11 to 13 or 14 I would always see things in the darkness of my room, I would always hold on to my big plush dog as I thought it would protect me against nightmares, demons, aliens, and everything else. So you bet I treated that thing like my best friend. Well some nights when I didn't have my plush dog next to me in bed my mind would drift off into the depths of creepy thoughts and what ifs. If I started thinking of this certain thing, it would literally actually appear at night near my bed for minutes at a time. In getting goosebumps just writing all this because I swear to you it's true and I have never told anyone until now. But anyway, when I would think hard about this little dark haired man I would actually see him soon after I thought about him. It was so real to me I developed a legit fear of thinking about it. I still try not to think about him as I don't know if he will ever come back. I remember some nights I would see a small figure crouching, with long black hair, near my closet. I could see the outline of him but not its face or too many details. He would never say anything, I would never say anything, we would just kinda stare at each other. The moment I started thinking about something else, likes puppies, sports, video games. He would disappear when I looked over to where he last was. This thing was so real to me, whenever I was alone in a dark somewhere he would always appear. Sometimes I would expect him to come and I would simply wait it out for him to go away. Many many sleepless nights as a kid because of that man thing. I was driving a 99 green Taurus at the time. Approaching this uphill, there was a car behind me. I told myself I guess I didn't see him before because my friend and I was talking. I was doing the speed limit and this car decided to speed up and pass me in the opposite lane. As UA car was pulling up my left I noticed it was the same model and color as mine. 
didn't think too much of it but he stayed next to me for a bit going on this uphill. I tried to look in his car but it was too dark to see anyone. My friend and I were asking what the hell is wrong with this person. Well, he sped up to pass over. As his car was moving up enough to pull back in the lane I looked at his license plate just in case this fool thinks of doing anything that could cause us off the road. Read his license plate and it was fucking familiar. It was the same license plate as mine. I told my friend, actually screaming at him, that his license plate is exactly like mine and his car is obviously the same as well. As we reached the top of the hill and start the descend, that car disappeared in front of us. Just gone. And there was a pretty good stretch of a straight road to not be able to spot a car. We're both freaking out and trying to state that maybe we're too tired and we're seeing things. Dumb move after, I sped all the way home. We both sat silent the rest of the way. No sleep that night. Too creepy. This story has always found a way to creep me out. A man went to a hotel and walked up to the front desk to check in. The woman at the desk gave him his key and told him that on the way to his room, there was a door with no number that was locked and no one was allowed in there. Especially no one should look inside the room, under any circumstances. So he followed the instructions of the woman at the front desk, going straight to his room, and going to bed. The next night his curiosity would not leave him alone about the room with no number on the door. He walked down the hall to the door and tried the handle. Sure enough it was locked. He bent down and looked through the wide keyhole. Cold air passed through it, chilling his eye. What he saw was a hotel bedroom, like his, and in the corner was a woman whose skin was completely white. She was leaning her head against the wall, facing away from the door. He stared in confusion for a while. He almost knocked on the door, out of curiosity, but decided not to. This disinclination saved his life. He crept away from the door and walked back to his room. The next day, he returned to the door and looked through the wide keyhole. This time, all he saw was redness. He couldn't make anything out besides a distinct red color, unmoving. Perhaps the inhabitants of the room knew he was spying the night before, and had blocked the keyhole with something red. At this point he decided to consult the woman at the front desk for more information. She sighed and said, did you look through the keyhole? The man told her that he had and she said, well, I might as well tell you the story. A long time ago, a man murdered his wife in that room, and her ghost haunts it. But these people were not ordinary. They were white all over, except for their eyes, which were red. I went camping with my best friend during the week in a campground way deep in the Oregon woods when we heard the most terrifying scream slash yell come from the pitch black woods around 1am. The entire campground was empty as it was May and on a Wednesday, we were about 5 miles down some logging trails and camped near the river with about 40 feet of thick brush between the river and campsite. We were sitting around the fire and out of nowhere we hear this scream, it was like a yell but a scream at the same time, it sounded completely human and not like any wolf slash coyote slash cougar I've ever heard. We just froze up and stared at each other with a look of holy fucking shit did you hear that on our faces. We just sat in silence waiting, listening. No sound of a car before or after, no sounds of crunching twigs or brush. And then we heard it again, closer. Much closer. And much more disturbingly human sounding, almost like a laughing maniacal scream. At that point we decided the best plan of action was to fire off my shotgun a few times and yell and scream back. I guess it worked. I don't know how I managed to fall asleep that night but I did, the next day we looked around the river but found no tracks, nothing. Still not sure what it was, who knows I guess, I hope an animal. I still camp there and I always think of that night as I'm laying in my tent trying to sleep. So about two years ago me and a few mates decided to climb Ben Nevis in Scotland. Due to an extremely long game of poker, we ended up messing our timing up and starting our ascent at 5pm in the evening, when it's about a 5 hour ascent slash descent. Needless to say we reached the peak with literally 10 minutes before sunset, just after 9pm, this was in August. Realizing we were stupid shits, we figured we had better get down quickly, or it would get pretty cold, pretty quick. Starting our descent, visibility fell really quickly, and within about half an hour it was near pitch black. Add to that we had to go into the shaded side of the mountain to continue, and visibility was about 10 feet at most. So with the four of us in single file, with the front two lighting the way, we continued slowly on, right until our lead guy stopped dead. We all looked up and saw it just ahead. A pair of glowing red eyes. I think I was the first person to scream and start to panic, thinking that this was how I would die, looking like a rambler raped by the demon of the highlands. As we all screamed, the lead guy's torch must have shook about and lit up the beast, so that we knew what we faced. It was a sheep. Only creepy slash supernatural thing that has happened to me. I was 12 years old. Back then, 2002, 
I used to play video games, and at that time the GameCube, God rest its merry soul, was located in my parents' bedroom. It was around 6pm, it was October, it was a school night. I'd gotten home from school and fired up the Nintendo while my brother and sister were watching TV downstairs. After I'd had my fill of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3, I turned off the console and stood up and stretched. Video games can be exhausting. It's dark now, with only the last vestiges of twilight peeking through the curtains. And then I see something. On my mother's bedside table, just behind the lamp, something is imprinted onto the wall. I move closer. A shadow in the shape of a hand is there. That's funny, a thought. And without a second thought, I step towards the table and place the palm of my hand on the shadow, like a high five. Before I can so much as register the cool wallpaper on my fingertips, the blue curtains behind me billow furiously, as if there is a hurricane outside, lifting off the ground and into the air. Like an animated cartoon character, I leap off the ground and fly out of the room, hauling my body down the stairs foyer at a time until I burst into the kitchen to my family. The windows were closed, it was a typical October evening. To this day, I cannot understand what caused the curtains, which had previously been perfectly still and lifeless, to billow enormously the moment I absent-mindedly met that shadow. Last summer, I worked as an assistant counselor for 7-10 to 10 year olds. The camps was an outdoor-slash-wilderness camp and we took the kids out on two- and three-day trips to the surrounding mountains. One night on one of the three-day trips, we're all in the tent, the kids are asleep and I'm reading a book. Out of nowhere, one of the kids just sits up, rigid as a board and stares at me, his eyes wide open. I'm extremely creeped out but I figure the kid just had a bad dream and woke up, so I ask quietly if he's alright. He continues to just stare at me, eyes not moving, not making a sound. This goes on for a minute and I am seriously getting scared now. I ask a couple more times if he's okay, what's wrong, etc etc still no response. I ask one final time and the kid just starts screaming bloody murder. Imagine the loudest, shrillest, most spine-chilling scream you have ever heard. Everyone wakes up and the kid is still just sitting in his sleeping bag, eyes wide open, staring at me, screaming his head off. I jump out of my sleeping bag and crawl over to him, but I have no clue what to do. Another counselor comes over and tries to get the kid to calm down, but nothing works. A few of the other kids start to cry because they're getting scared but the rest are silent, just watching this kid scream and scream and scream. Finally, after a couple minutes, the kid is gasping for breath between screams and he just slumps in his sleeping bag, unconscious. The other counselor and I are just staring at each other, both freaking the fuck out before the kid opens his eyes, still gasping for breath, and starts crying. After a lot of discussion with the nurse that worked at the camp, we decided it was something like a night terror, but it was honestly the most freaked out I have ever been in my life, remembering that kid staring at me before just screaming bloody murder. There was a hunter in the woods, who, after a long day hunting, was in the middle of an immense forest. It was getting dark, and having lost his bearings, he decided to head in one direction until he was clear of the increasingly oppressive foliage. After what seemed like hours, he came across a cabin in a small clearing. Realizing how dark it had grown, he decided to see if he could stay there for the night. He approached, and found the door ajar. Nobody was inside. The hunter flopped down on the single bed, deciding to explain himself to the owner in the morning. As he looked around the inside of the cabin, he was surprised to see the walls adorned by several portraits, all painted in incredible detail. Without exception, they appeared to be staring down at him, their features twisted into looks of hatred and malice. Staring back, he grew increasingly uncomfortable. Making a concerted effort to ignore the many hateful faces, he turned to face the wall, and exhausted, he fell into a restless sleep. The next morning, the hunter awoke, he turned, blinking in unexpected sunlight. Looking up, he discovered that the cabin had no portraits, only windows. I saw a seven-foot-tall deep black shadow-slash-mass with red eyes in the hallway of an old apartment I lived in, in Chicago. Up to that point, I had been creeped out in that apartment but didn't know why, so I dismissed the feeling. The building wasn't brand new it was a 4 plus 1 likely built in the 70s but it was new enough for me to think that I wasn't justified in being creeped out by the place. One night I went to bed late, as usual, but could not fall asleep. My cats usually went to bed with me but they did not on that night, which kind of bothered me, I was accustomed to falling asleep with a cat or two on me. So I sat up in bed and looked out into the hallway and waited for my eyes to adjust to the dark, intending to hopefully see and call out to the cats. It was dark but not pitch black so it wasn't long before shapes became clear in the dark. That was when I saw it. It was in the hallway just past my bedroom door, it was so tall that it was about level with the top of the bedroom doorframe. 
It was deepest, darkest black I've ever seen in my life, blacker than black. It had a vague head slash shoulder slash torso shape, and the bottom of it kind of faded away. Not believing my eyes, I leaned forward in bed to get a better look at this thing. I was positive it had to be a trick of the light until it appeared to turn and two red eyes came into view. The eyes had no pupils but I just knew that it was looking directly at me. I suddenly felt how a prey animal must feel when the eyes of a predator lock upon it, a deep, primal fear. Then without warning, it swooped into the bedroom towards me. Without even thinking about it, I ducked beneath the covers like a kid hiding from the boogeyman and remained there until I couldn't breathe. My husband was sleeping next to me so I decided to elbow him hard enough to make him wake up and ask me what the heck I was doing. I figured that if he didn't freak out next to me, then the shadow thing was gone. So I did exactly that, and it was indeed gone. I hated sleeping there over the next several months. I never again saw the shadow thing like that, but two separate times both my husband, the biggest skeptic ever up to that point, and I saw it again, although it was smaller and non-threatening in both occasions. Nevertheless, I was glad to move out of that place.